It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. We'll get to uh, the biggest stories of the hour in just a couple minutes. Going to talk to Dean Blandino, a little XFL, a little officiating in about 15 minutes. Live at Silver Sevens, Eric Andre, marketing chief, is sitting down with us. Eric, how are you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good. So what do we got going on for April? We know the uh, Knights are in the playoffs. We don't know what seed they're going to get when exactly they're playing, but uh, we're still going to roll out the specials for the Golden Knights? Absolutely. You know, now that they made it into the playoffs, we'll continue our 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra here at the Bud Light Bar and our uh, Silver and Gold uh, Bar. And we may see some changes around. I noticed uh, we have a little more space in the Bud Light <laughs> sports uh, bar here, so we'll <laughs> see what, what you're doing. I know uh, part of it is you've got the stage over the bar where now you've brought back live entertainment on Fridays and Saturday nights. Yes, that is uh, correct. Uh, Friday and Saturdays, uh, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. at the Bud Light Sports Bar. Uh, actually, this weekend we'll have Rock 702, and then on the 21st and 22nd we'll have Two Legit, and then on the 28th and 29th we'll have D&D Project Duo. Um, yes, as you mentioned, you see a little bit of an area. We're trying to bring in some bigger bands and some have a following and give them a place to dance. Nice. Very nice. Uh, you still got the uh, shot and a beer special? Yes, we do, for $3. It's going to be a Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra, and then either a shot of Jack Daniels or Tito's. Nice. Very nice. All right, I was talking about the uh, the cafe and some of the food specials earlier. Adam had a terrible experience. Actually, one of his friends did where they went to another joint. They were told, hey, there's a prime rib buffet. It turned out it was roast beef. There was a whole to-do about it. They eventually got him. Prime rib. Supposed to be prime rib. Um, you guys don't pull the switcher. You got the prime rib special right at the cafe? Yes. Yes, I believe it's still twenty five ninety nine. But, uh, again, just like we've got some other changes happening on property, we're going to have changes with that. I uh, don't want to tease it too much here, but just give you a hint that, you know, we're going to have the same good meal, uh, but probably a little bit lower price. Nice. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. All right. A-play. You want to sign up uh, pretty much every day. You're accruing points, and you're picking up something in terms of prize giveaways. I know you have free giveaways on Tuesdays and Fridays this month. Yeah. Um, and actually, if you're not a member, you can go ahead and sign up. Uh, when you do sign up, you'll actually be uh, qualified to get at least $10 in free play. You can win up to 150 and then you also see, receive a free drink from our Silver and Gold Sports Bar. But like you mentioned, uh, as long as you're here playing daily, uh, Mondays we do point multipliers. Uh, Tuesdays and Fridays we do our gift giveaways where you just have to earn uh, points. Uh, Tuesdays it's 1,777 points to get your gifts and then 2,500 points to get your gift on Friday. And then naturally, our Fridays and Saturdays in the evening from 8 p.m. to midnight, we do our cash drawings, $500 each hour. Adam, what's your – you have a queen bed? Oh, yeah. What's your sheet situation? When's the last time you bought sheets for your bed? This could be shy. This could be really <laughs> alarming. Uh, I ordered them. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Are you a big sheet guy? I wouldn't say I'm a big sheet guy. I think everyone has sheets, right? right. A, well, some people have, you know, like one or two for life. They're not cheap, though. It's a nice oh, look it's at a you. Nice, I didn't know nice he was gift. highfalutin. Okay. Well, if you come nice in tomorrow, gift. you'll be able just to play a little bit, so, and then you'll take saying. home a set. That's what I'm saying. It's, uh, <laughs> we got, it's exciting. We got, we got it's very exciting. we got to work out the Adam Hill deal. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you need. He gets a, a free prize. we got to work that out for you. Get some queen sheets for you. I mean, yeah. The, I'm in. I'm the, I'll be here tomorrow. The queen sheets go out tomorrow, and then uh, you've got, what, rolling cart on the 21st? Yeah, and then on the 28th, we're doing a Coleman sleeping bag. Okay, that's not for us. We're not a camping show. Oh, okay. That could be for your dog. to be nice for the dog to crawl. A lot of people love it. 
Well, hey, we'll take the we'll win the sheets, and other people can go to the beer. That's good. It's a little a little bit of something for everyone. I yeah, think that's the that's the key here. So seventy seven cent beers all the way through uh, the playoff run for the Vegas Golden Knights again. Bud, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra. That's during all VGK games. Anything else rolling out? Anything else cooking? You said we have some changes on the way. It sounds like you guys are going to get a little more aggressive with some of the specials. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that we actually have, instead of just doing our normal drawings that we do on Wednesday, if you come in and you're chosen uh, between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. every 30 minutes, you'll actually be able to go into our money booth. And as we have our fake money blown around, you grab it, and whatever you grab, you win in free play. I like it. Silver 7s, Flamingo, and Paradise. You got the uh, Bud Light Sports Bar where you can watch the games, watch live entertainment, get all these drink specials. Also, the Silver and Gold Bar, William Hill Racing Sportsbook inside as well. Yes. Newly renovated City Cafe upstairs. So, big things. Always something going on here. Yep, always. All good? All good. There he is, Eric Andre, the head of marketing, joining us here on a Thursday. We usually kick off the month with Eric to tell you about what's going on at Silver Sevens. I want to do a giveaway right now. We got uh, Battle for Vegas Softball Game is back. Got the uh, gridiron versus the ice. Saturday, July 22nd. We've already got tickets. We got tickets to give away. It's at LV Ballpark. Tickets go on sale on April 17th. That's at Ticketmaster.com. It's for charity. It's the Battle for Vegas softball game. Gridiron versus ice. Caller 7 364 We have to get your to your soup story. Sure. Because we got some information on a uh, just a horrific. A horrific. A long-running soup story. It is a long-running soup story. Eric Andrews, thank you. Thanks, so. um, But I have a goofier one, but it's actually kind of scary when you think about it. And I was duped by a headline on this one. It happens. The headline mentioned Escobar's cocaine hippos. Okay. I'm in. So immediately you think, oh, we just had a movie, what, Cocaine Bear? Sure. But bears actually got into a stash of coke. A, yeah, yeah, for sure. It dropped. It had fallen, I believe, from a plane, and uh, some bears got into it. It was based on a true story. Right. This is kind of true. The, I mean, the story I'm going to tell you is true. Well, Escobar had the he had all the animals. Well, the cocaine part is kind of the fake part. Yeah. It is cocaine sales that oh boy, those hippos, man. It's I just funded, I punch, it funded the purchase, right? Yeah, yes. I, I punch up a picture of a hippo. God Almighty, they're scary looking. They're just large. They just look solid. My two tons. So apparently, they'd be good offensive guards. Escobar, because he made so much money selling yayo, um, he brought in some hippos. They're not native to South America. They're not native to Colombia. There's now a hundred of them, and there is no natural predator yeah. to take out freaking two-ton hippos. So I'm not going to say they're running amok. But they're going in areas where they shouldn't go, and apparently one drifted on a road and a car hit one. I don't know how the people in the car didn't get hurt, but the hippo actually died. Oh, that, that's I was, I was trying to say something funny, and then you. I know. I didn't want to. Just I. Well, they're the one. They, they, I just didn't know if the pelicans were going to sign one of them. AP slugged it. Cocaine hippo. You read it, and you're like, ah, oh, fun story. Maybe it's just a very you know effervescent, you know, energy forever hippo, and then you're like, oh, it died. It is- go ahead, joke man. Well, I said it. You just you talk, yes, I talked over right it. over it. You talked over it. I don't. I don't need to say it again. It was me. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I learned about this from the thirty for thirty, the two Escobars, when they talked about the uh, the fact that there was hippos brought in and some of the players that were brought in. If you remember, he wow. used to bring in the players to watch the watch the soccer. He used to bring in the players and make them play soccer on his property, like the national team, and like it was for his own enjoyment of like, hey, I'm I have the best players in the world. And some of the players got there like. 
Where are these hippos coming from, man? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? I mean, the story is weird. It says hippo quote: "Hippos are unpredictable. At any moment, they can attack a person." That's from a uh, biologist, David uh, Echeverry uh, Lopez. But then it says residents of Puerto Triunfo have become to the have become used to the hippos sometimes just roaming freely about town. <laughs> I, I'm not. It would actually kind of be awesome if there was hippos just kind of walking around. Vegas. How close would you get to a hippo? It was a car. I would try, drive. I wouldn't by even it. go. I wouldn't even go in a car near it. I mean, if you go fast enough, I think you'd take on the hippo. I don't want to take on the hippo. I don't want the hippo any, anywhere near me. They're I, I want to see it close. I want to see it close. They're awesome. Anything that looks like it has survived the uh, the era of dinosaurs that weighs two tons. Can you no. Imagine one running down, running down paradise. I'm just. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be wild. Every once in a while, one would oh. get into a casino. Do we do we want to make the joke about the roads in Vegas? Everybody's just could it there? could it could it run? You think it would, you think would it, it would, twist an ankle at some point? You think it would wait behind some of the cones and <laughs> some of the construction would, zones. Oh, oh, I would love to. I'd love to set a, a hippo loose to clear out the cones. By the way, how was your ride today? Any any road frustrations? Ready to flip out again? I, I don't understand why. Obviously, if fifteen is. This is going to be how it is for this long. You would think that, you know, Swenson and the, you know, the airport bypass would be clear as a whistle. That's not a real word. Uh, it would just be smooth sailing. Why are they doing construction on the main alternative routes? I know. They just layer it. Let's go out six routes to the east and west. It, I, there you go. Let it out. I was. Uh, Let it out. I was not happy in the car. In the, car the way. Are you punching the wheel? No, the uh, passenger seat just kind of reach over. Oh, really? Yeah. That kind of rage. Sure. Very nice. So I got a bad rap yesterday as old guy. I get that often on the Fair, show. It's accurate. Um, but then I often think, I also get like, I get the rap of like mean radio guy. And then I read other radio people's stories and I'm like, wait, I'm mean? I'm, I'm one of the docile ones. You're very docile. I'm pretty docile. Do you think this was a joke? Let, let, this was the other day. Michael K., who I, I think is a pretty good natured guy. Um, I guess he's been struggling a little bit with ratings of late. Uh, he's on ESPN New York. He's been the Yankee announcer forever. And I think he and Paul O'Neill were just having fun here, but a lot of people got really mad at this. It's strange to see a Yankee uniform and somebody wearing that uniform with that sort of hair. There are rules. Rules are rules. He's, he's disobeying two of them. I think there's facial hair, and I think there's obviously the hair is below the collar. Red shoes. That's also against the rules. Okay. That was Paul O'Neill jumping in, mentioning the red shoes. Now, I think Paul O'Neill's serious. He seems like a curmudgeon to me. Sure. Very intense. But, yeah, they have a bat boy who's got long hair and a little cheesy mustache. And you remember, I do, the stupid policy going all the way back to the 70s with George Steinbrenner running the Yankees. You know, no long hair, no facial hair. Yeah, everything needs to be neatly cropped. They can't be serious that the Bat Boy has to follow this. I think uh, they were joking, correct? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I feel like I feel like K is probably pretty angry. I don't know why. Well, he's been smashed for it, but I also didn't realize back in January. I guess he got really mad. They were doing a little cross promotion between the morning show and the afternoon show. And I guess the morning producer tried to bust K's chops. K does the afternoons. Tried to bust his chops about ratings going down, and then he started yelling at him and say, "I'll get you know, I'll get you fired." I gotta hear it though. You gotta hear tone. Sure. 
Sure. Uh, I will say the, the bad boy essentially is just Trevor Lawrence. Like if you haven't seen him, if you haven't seen a picture of him, what we're talking about, that's who he is. And apparently he's kind of taken advantage of the, the new fame because this was obviously very talked about the last 24 hours. He has a band. Oh, really? And Good. he got Anthony Rizzo to wear the band's T-shirt and posed with it and threw it up on social so media. So this is all working out. Yeah, it's working and out And then well here, here's the ultimate thing. In New York, if Yankee Bat Boy got fired, what do you think would happen? He'd be playing MSG. That? I think he'd get a job immediately with another baseball team. Sure. Well, this is like when... Uh, Steve Cohen is completely yeah. aware of the rivalry. Yeah, well, this is when... So the Mets owner would be like, yeah, come over. Costanzo was trying to get fired by the Yankees so he could go to the Mets. That was a, a whole episode. Yes. He dragged the... He, he wore Babe Ruth's pants and, and got him dirty. And then dragged the World Series trophy around the parking lot. He just couldn't get fired. He could be Mr. Met. Tuck in the hair. This kid. Or, or keep the hair out. Yeah, I don't everyone think you would cover would. up his head. You want everybody to know what you did. You want everybody to know that you hired the guy from the Yankees. That's good, though. You got a, you got a perk with the band. Sure. And free pop with Anthony Rizzo wearing, his t- wearing the band's T-shirt. The open doors. I love it. Rules are rules. <laughs> so dumb. We're here at Silver Sevens. VGK game tonight. Regular season finale. 77-cent beers. Budweiser. Bud Light. Mick Ultra. 77-cent bottles. Two bars to watch the game at, the Bud Light Sports Bar and the Silver and Gold. We'll come back, talk a little XFL with officiating expert Dean Blandino. Well, we told this guy uh, we're pretty much going to call him anytime we feel like it, right? <laughs> Dean Blandino was on a few weeks ago. We're like, yeah, we'll give you a call in a couple weeks. Um, I now feel like Dean, who's an officiating expert, he's working with the XFL, he's on Fox. I feel like now we can just we're going to bring him in like one of our insiders. He's going to be the officiating insider, and just it's every sport now. Dean, are, Dean, are you comfortable with that? I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable. I have a great knowledge base with, okay. with baseball, basketball, whatever sport you want. I like it. Okay, I had a, I had a question from last week. Um, let's see, Manny Machado gets thrown out of a game because he. Uh, apparently it was you know batter readiness. He wasn't ready, but he also called the umpire a douchebag. And I thought to myself, he got tossed for that and the rule. And I, I thought, why is baseball the only sport where the officials are allowed to throw someone out basically on just like just a bad word, right? Basketball, we give texts. Like, how many times do football coaches cuss at the officials and they don't get tossed? It, do you find it weird that in baseball it's just like, hey, we can take out the manager or a key player just because, hey, there was some bad language. You're out. Uh, after, if if we're a coach douchebag, we would have Hey, Dean, I think we got it. We're going to put you on hold, and we'll try to get a better signal. By the way, I love that. Well, he had he had about seven words there, and the only thing that got through was D bag. Yeah, exactly. like, like he just exactly. he's like that question was Perfect. a was a D bag question. Could have been anything. Uh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> he could have been anything. I feel particularly bad for Dean because he has to talk to me two days in a row. I talked to him yesterday about a uh, uh, some other stuff I'm working. Oh, on. Oh, you did? So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel bad for him. What did you guys talk about? I want to hear it on the air. I'm sure we'll talk about some of the same stuff. Just like, you know, some of the how things are going in the XFL this year. And, okay. Um, is the story out yet, or are we, are we still in the story? Saturday. Saturday. Right. I think Dean's back with us. Dean, go ahead. Yeah. Fire away. You, you were answering about baseball and umpires. Yeah, baseball and umpires. Look, uh, football officials have a, a much longer leash when it comes to throwing coaches out, and uh, we, don't, we don't necessarily throw coaches out for bad words. 
and uh, but baseball umpires, that's kind of traditionally what where it's been, and we uh, we give coaches a little more leeway in football. I also also think Dean, and you can speak to this. I feel like football officials are better at just kind of doing their job and ignoring it, while baseball umpires will like go right to the person and say, "What'd you say?" Like, just let them talk. You don't have to go confront them every time they say something. Yeah, I think that's and look, I don't know what baseball umpires are taught, but we do we do tell football officials to deflate and try to get away from the situation. But again, if a coach does cross the line, we certainly we, we want our officials to make sure they throw a flag. But you start with a flag. You don't just expect right off the bat. Fifteen yards is, is significant. A coach if a coach get costs his team fifteen yards, they typically will 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 quiet down and not and not be a progress. Well, I guess we'll we'll tr- transfer right over to uh, the XFL and what we see you doing every week. But uh, how do you think the officials have performed in general in the XFL this season? He didn't like that question at all. He's like, I'm out. That's it. His, out. his silence says a lot. I guess not good. He's had it. He just threw himself out. I think so. Ejection. He was being very nice there. He was. He's a nice guy. No, he's being very nice about the umpires in baseball. I really like. I know everyone else is interested in in protesting, you know, beers and Twitter and what, whatever else, whatever else you're mad about. I am. I'm really starting to get mad that umpires have the leeway to toss guys out. And if baseball thought that was entertaining, you're better than that. Yeah. Like we're done. We're done seeing stars of baseball and managers get tossed because you thought it was part of the show. It's stupid. And yeah. I, I brought up the story multiple times. Of. You know, being close to benches in college basketball and coaches just annihilate the officials. You have to do a lot to get a tee. And in baseball, it's like you look, you, you, you say one thing. You draw a line in the dirt and you get tossed. Yeah, tap the, yeah. Tap the dirt. You know, we've talked about it many times. It's, it's yeah. wild out there. I think Dean is, is back with us. Sorry, Dean. The phone's up and down. Keep going. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, so we just, I just in general, how have the how have the XFL officials performed uh, this season in your mind as you've kind of uh, gone through the season and watched them? I think yeah, we have sport to officiate, and and we've got you know we've got a lot riding on these games, and and players trying to make a make a name for themselves, and we really want our officials to just match the game and call the fouls that they have to get. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been without hiccups, and certainly we've, we've had issues, but I think overall the officials have done a good job. And, not, and they've also had to, you know, adjust and learn some of the new rules and some of the implementations that you guys have had. So um, how have you felt about the rules and the way that they've uh, the, the way they've worked and how they've kind of moved games along, for one thing? Yeah, we're, the rules have worked really well. I mean, it started in week one with St. Louis converting on a fourth and 15, getting a three-point try. And, and being down, you know, late in the game and being able to come back. And we're really excited about the way the rules, the games are flowing. Uh, we're averaging about two, two hours and 46 minutes per game. We're in a victory is 8.2 8. points. So that's a one-score game. For the whole season, we're averaging one more game. So that's really exciting. And the rules work really well. We're returning over 90% of our kicks. And, and, uh, and we feel like we're, we're happy where we are right now. Uh, we did get to see finally some overtime games, so uh, we got to see those implementations uh, this past week. It's kind of like a, a shootout style almost of you know two points yeah. each way, and 
Then I thought really intriguing is is you know the weight of a penalty in the in those overtime sessions, which is huge. Offensive penalty uh, just makes it a, a no good try. A defensive penalty moves it right up, uh, you know, right on the on the doorstep to the goal line. Uh, that that worked out. It was very fun to see. How did you think that went? Yeah, we we were, we wanted to get an overtime in. We hadn't had one in twenty twenty, but this year, and we wanted to to get an overtime game and just see how the rules worked. And it worked out really well. And penalties. Uh, really big in overtime and that's why we want our officials to make sure make sure you call the big one because the defense fouls you're going to get the ball up you don't get a replay and we had two exciting and Vegas and St. Louis um, being decided in overtime Hey Dean we appreciate the time we're uh, we're having trouble with the phone so we'll we'll let you go we'll talk to you soon okay Alright take care guys There he is Dean Blandino what'd you talk about with Dean for your story, a lot of, a lot of the same stuff. Just uh, how things have been implemented, how the uh, the games have really moved along, and um, really a lot about. Uh, I think it's really, really fascinating to watch um, the in- intricacies of the discussion between him and the officials on the field during a review process, where you know he says, you know, here's what we're watching, here's what we see, this is what we see on this play, and you hear that entire process play out uh, on on the screen and. It's so good for transparency. It, it, you know, there's, there's no going to the booth and then all of a sudden four minutes later we're like, well, here's what we decided. Like you, you hear all parts of the discussion. What did you see? Here's what we see. This is what we're seeing right now. This is what we see from this angle. Uh, you hear all that. And I think it would be great to see in the NFL. I just don't think it will ever happen. Uh, but it's awesome. It's good to watch. Why can't it happen in the NFL? Too dangerous? Well, I do think, I think, in you know, not to misrepresent Dean, but we talked about it yesterday, and I'll, I'll have it in the story. But I, part of it is, there is an element when you're, you know, when you're going through, like you're probably thinking about what you're saying, uh, which I don't think they want in the NFL. But I, you know, I think it's good for the fans, it's good for the teams, good for the coaches to to see that process. But I think there's probably times when you're, and he didn't say this directly. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm saying this is me talking, saying I think there's times when you might be in the booth and saying. Yeah, I just don't know. I can't see. I don't know what's going on there. We don't have like, we don't know. I think there is part of that, and and obviously the rule would be in that case that you don't overturn anything. But um, I, I think the NFL, with all the money at stake, all the everything that's on the line, might have a problem with that, and they might have it might be difficult to kind of explain those things away. Uh, but I do think it'd be better in the long run. I I want to see it. So it's safer to have the mystery and conspiracy theorists going crazy, and thinking there's something weird Pro- probably, going on. Probably. Rather than honesty, probably. I think so. I mean, have you seen any? Have you seen anything with the rules or the way the officials are operating that is going to move into the NFL? Potentially, I mean, I I feel like the, you know, maybe the fourth and fifteen might end up happening. That's the one that John Harbaugh wants. Yeah, explain it, the fourth and fifteen thing again. So in the fourth quarter, uh, if you're trying to make a comeback, you can declare that. You're, instead of an onside kick, you're just going to try a fourth and fifteen uh, from your own. I think it's twenty yard line. Uh, and if you convert it, if you pick up a first down, then you keep it, you keep the ball and you keep going. It's essentially like recovering an onside kick. And if you don't convert it, the other team has the ball right there. So like you get a sack, give the other team the ball at the ten yard line. Like that could happen. Uh, so I think you know that's a very intriguing thing that the uh, the Ravens proposed. So the you know, there was kind of a, an agreement of like, all right, let's put it in the XFL. Let's see how it works. And let's, you know, let's go ahead and, and try it out. And I think it's been a huge hit. 
Uh, it sounds like a couple more teams are open to it because I think it lost 31 to 1 uh, the first time it was voted for in the NFL. Sounds like a couple more teams are open to it now. I, I do think it probably penalizes the team that's losing a little bit, or the team that's winning a little bit. And so there, it is a pretty wild, uh, you know, change that you would make. It would inspire a lot more comebacks. I think that's probably a good thing. But I think the league is like, wait a minute. All right, now you're now, now the the outcome can be wild when a team could have a lead. You can get three straight touchdowns after a two minute warning. It could happen. And so, you know, that'd be fun. Uh, but I, I also think that there's a little bit of hesitation to do that. But I think we've we've been able to see it. XFL games this weekend. Two games on Saturday. Your Vegas Vipers on the road against the uh, Houston Rednecks. Rednecks? Roughnecks? Oops. Uh, too much Charlie Daniels lately. Uh, Houston Roughnecks. That's Saturday, 1230 start. Orlando is in San Antonio. That's a 7 o'clock start. These are all Eastern time, so 4 o'clock. That's a Saturday tilt. The Sunday games. I did skip DC Defenders. I skipped all the way ahead. There you go. Uh, Seattle taking on St. Louis and Arlington taking on DC. That's all Saturday and Sunday in the XFL. 364 1100. Two tickets to go check out the PFL Professional Fighters League right down the road at the theater at Virgin. Tomorrow, show goes down tomorrow, April 14th, 4 o'clock start. Really full card. PFLMMA.com for information. Get your tickets at AXS.com. 364 1100 for the fight tickets. Ari's got you hooked up. Caller. Number seven. Speaking of fights, could we see more because of the shorter games? Sounds weird, right? Um, we know one of the top concerns of these teams and these leagues at games is to make sure they can sell as much beer as possible. They, they don't care if people are sloshed to hell and beating the snot out of each other. And, you know, especially it doesn't seem like the NFL cares. There's a abhorrent behavior uh, all over the place during games and after games because people are just drunk as hell. Well, in baseball, they solved it, right? You cut things off in the seventh. Now the games are even shorter. Can't drink as much beer. Right? Crunch those seven innings even even tighter. Sure. So, uh, now, so uh, that's good, right? Can't sell as much beer. No big deal. Well, I mean, At least the crowd's not as drunk. NFL tries, too. I think they cut it off after halftime, which is even more. Right. But in baseball, when you, when you cut down – the seven innings by whatever 10 15 yeah. in terms of time that's less time to get out there i've seen i actually have seen this complaint a lot people are like i can barely get through a couple of beers and all of a sudden you know we're in the seventh eighth inning yeah then you can what then you can go to a bar afterwards and drink more but yeah the, if for the teams it sounds like they were looking at a loss of potentially over a million dollars over the course of a season uh in in beer sales because the games are shorter and if you're cutting it off after the seventh inning then uh you're not having as much time just you know actual time to sell and so a couple teams made the first move and said you know what let's make it after the eighth inning now uh which is closer to being about the amount of time they did before uh and a couple other teams have followed suit other spots have said they will not do that they will continue to do it after the seventh inning but uh you know when you start messing with the bottom line it's, it's going to affect you now i've heard the argument also look shorter games more families can come like you're going to have more people physically there so that's going to be okay but i think when you look at the dwindling beer sales which is a massive part of what their income is they're going to be concerned do you remember as a kid going to games and seeing drunks uh yes a little bit but we 
Yeah, I mean, I, definitely when I, was a, when I was a little kid, for sure, and then you know, going to games in Buffalo, I mean, those, yeah. <laughs> that's all there is. I almost never went to Shea Stadium because it was a little bit further from where I lived, and you know, I eventually developed into a Yankees fan. But my father, I don't even know why he took us to Mets games, but he took us to a few Mets games at Shea, which the stadium sucked because they had these – if you sat in the mezzanine, they had – this big overhang. So if you sat halfway up the mezzanine, you couldn't see fly balls. Like, it would go to a certain point. But I remember sitting in the mezzanine at Shea Stadium, probably not the most well-attended game, but just someone being annihilated and, like, sleeping all over sure. a seat and just people walking up and pouring beers sure. on them. Yeah, well, and just as a whatever, a 12-year-old being like, okay. I probably laughed, but I was like, oh, what the hell's going on here? When we were little, we used to go to, to games at Tiger Stadium. We had you no know, money. We would go, like, they would let you in almost free when it was eighth. When eighth inning, they would just kind of let the gates open. So we'd go in then. Uh, so how that's far, when we would see how games. How far did you live from Tiger Stadium? About 35 minutes. And you would, what would you do? Drive? We'd go down, you'd wait until, until they opened the gates and let you go did in. Did you watch the game somewhere beforehand? No, we would just go, we'd just get in there late and walk in. Okay, I I never remembering that. I, I don't remember that happening. I guess it did. Because I, I didn't live near Shea or Yankee Stadium. Not, you know, not, I mean, you're saying 35 minutes. Yeah. Okay, well. It would be at least an hour to get to the game for us. But I don't remember them just going, hey, everyone come in. And then I'll tell you the I, other, I, I had this weird story. Let me, let me just yeah. continue on this. I had this weird story coming from, I think they were talking to you too. The radio guys from Kansas City were saying they tried to go to, like, the second Astros game of the season. They walked over, and they're like, oh, you know, can we just come in? And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, the place is jammed. But I guess because they're – maybe they do that in Kansas City, although their stadium's not near anything either, but – Maybe there's a point at Candy City Royal Games where no one goes, where they're like, yeah, just open the doors. Like, yep. I never heard Maybe. of that before. When they were telling me, I'm like, why would you expect to walk in? Yeah. Uh, well, we also did it at the uh, racetrack in Laurel when we moved to Maryland. We'd go in, I think it was after the fifth race, you can go in for free. It was nice. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Alerts. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. It's one of our favorite spots of the week. Brad is in with Cofield and Adam Hill right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Brad Powers, how are you, buddy? Excellent. Thanks for having me. So, Brad, you are a savvy better. You are a pro. Uh, with the news early in the week of Bryce Young going to a big minus favorite for the number one pick, that was after a couple of weeks of Stroud being a big minus for the number one pick. I lamented the fact that I didn't drive to Arizona and play both of them because any good sharp, if they're playing the draft, has a plus on both of them for number one selection and number two selection. I would think. Yeah, I mean, you could have probably plus money on both at this point. So, uh, I mean, the problem is we live in the state of Nevada where, I mean, uh, hardly any of that's offered. I think a couple books have that prop up, William Hill and I think Ben MGM. That's it. That, and that's the only draft prop that's available is who's going to go number one. So, very limited window uh, for the draft. This year, I, I, I'll say that I'm not surprised because the, the books kind of warned us on it last year that they weren't going to be uh, looking to, to, to book too much uh, as far as the draft. I mean, it is. I see their point of view. I mean, it, it is a loser for them. I mean, guys like you know myself are honestly guys that are sharper than me in that particular market. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's very beatable to say the least. It, it's a five-figure win, sometimes six-figure win for, for the guys betting into those markets. Adam Hill here made a strong case for the books, which, uh, you know, we don't like him for that. But then you backed him up there. Um, you also, you had a story, because basically, how'd you back him up? Tell the audience and tell Brad how you backed up the books in terms of, um, you know, not, not losing. You know, because yeah. they, they're getting killed in the past. But also, there are, 
other states, there's some weird stuff going on in the books. Yeah, my, my issue, Brad, is obviously the same thing you said about, like, why, why would they be putting this up if they're only taking, you know, sharp losing money? This is essentially what they're taking right now, which doesn't make sense for me from a business perspective. But my bigger argument was when people start you know ranting and raving about what's on the board and what's not in Nevada and all these other places offer all of these things, well, like, we see every day almost there's a story of a book that mis- misgrades something or can't figure something out or has a po- has a bet up and like oh wait who won this and there's confusion and this week it was the uh, most three pointers made prop that was going around and the clearly there was a winner and it was scored a loser and then people had to fight and complain and argue about who won most three pointers a game because you know th- was there enough games played was there too many missed games what was the ruling of the book what were the house rules these things happen like every day so when we hear people talking about oh Nevada just doesn't do enough like yeah I think there's a lot of things Nevada can do to move in the right right direction but let's not pretend like there's no issues anywhere else agree uh, this has to be a happy medium somewhere uh, you know uh, you know and one thing that I'll, I'll say with, with the books in the other states I mean uh, we see them sometimes placate for marketing purposes yeah. to people that you know have to having to complain a lot on Twitter and whatnot and through social media. So I, you know, I will say this on behalf of that. I still think uh, it has the least amount of shenanigans as any other state as far as your regular bets, your sides, your totals, you know, your liquid markets. You're not going to deal with too much uh, shenanigans, and kudos for Gaming Commission for that. But with that said, it's 2023. You're not the only market in town. There's 35 states now, and when almost every other state's offering, you know, 10x as far as you know different betting opportunities, you at least got to get a little bit more aggressive in some of these markets. So, what are you going to do? How are you going to bet the NFL draft? Are you just kind of cool with, hey, you know what? We keep studying college football. Uh, you know, make sure I'm good with that, and I'm not going to be freaking driving to Arizona to go get down my bets. Well, I'm not going to, you know, from legal purposes, I'm not going to, you know, get myself in trouble. But I'll probably have a few people in other states betting for me. I'll say this. I mean, I'll just speak to the truth. I drove to Arizona last week, tried to bet a few of those uh, particular books on the app there. went to that last stop gas station there about 20 miles into Arizona. Let's just say my limits weren't great to say the least, at those particular books. So I personally, unless a few books here in Nevada open it up, will not be involved too much with the NFL draft this year. How, how many people from Nevada did you see sitting in that parking lot? I, I know people that say they go there every day. And I do see, I've been there quite a few times, and there's always people out in front of the gas pumps there. There's, you know, 10, 12 cars. And I, I guess if I went there more, I'd probably recognize them. <laughs> Brad Powers is with us. All right, I mentioned college football, and we've got week one spreads out. Yes, it's a ways off. We're in April. The games start in late August, early September. Uh, you sent out about nine games that are up on FanDuel. Um, let's bang through a couple of them. Uh, LSU and Florida State are playing. It's in Orlando. This is in week one. LSU is minus one. Fair line. And let me say overall, I, I think these – you know, considering it is April, pretty sharp these numbers. Uh, you know, not, I'm not saying that they're perfect. Uh, obviously, they're not, but uh, they're pretty sharp. LSU deserves to be the favorite. If you had to ask me, I think LSU closes close to three, uh, two top ten teams. It's legitimately the best week one game. It's on a Sunday night. Uh, I, if I'm going to bet it, I'm going to bet LSU. 
is Florida actually leaving the the state to go play a non-con? Oh. They're taking on Utah. Utah is laying on. I assume this is not, uh, you know, in the panhandle. It's not at a neutral stadium in Florida. Um, this is a big number. This is a, it's actually a pretty big number, you know, since Florida, what, beat them at home last year. So what's changed going into this season? So I'm watching Florida right now. There's spring games going on. Uh, it looks like Graham Mertz is going to be their quarterback. That's probably not a great positive uh, for, for the hopes of, of Florida Gators. Look, I'm not a big Anthony Richardson fan, but that's a big downgrade for them. Uh, you mentioned, you know, pretty sharp guy, Mr. Steve Cofield. But you mentioned Florida traveling out of state for non-conference. First time they're going to play a true road game in non-conference since 1991 when they went up to the Carrier Dome and played Syracuse. So very unique travel spot for them. Uh, I think it's a pretty solid line. I know a lot of people are going to be surprised by how big that is. But keep in mind, Utah was laying two, two and a half last year in Gainesville. Brad Powers is with us. Brad Powers. Seven up on Twitter, Brad Power Sports. Uh, Clemson. What do we think of Clemson this year? And right out of the gates, they're going to be at Duke Lane 11. So I'm pretty optimistic about Clemson. I love to hire Garrett Riley, the new offense coordinator. I think that, you know, be much better you know, offensively than what they've been the last couple of years, and that's what's held them back. Uh, number one, not only the coordinator, but number two, uh, I think Kate Klubnick will give them improved quarterback play over what they've had the last couple of years with D.J. Uyunglele, who's off to Oregon State. So uh, I'm pretty bullish on Clemson so much that, you know, I bet them 30-1 to 1 to win the championship. I think it'll be favoring all 12 games. They get their two toughest games at home against Florida State and Notre Dame. I also bet Kate Klubnick in that offense 25-1 to 1 to win the Heisman. So I'm pretty high uh, on the Tigers this year. Duke's a tricky game, uh, but Duke's playing, you know, there's some expectations now with Duke this year after they kind of shocked everybody last year. Uh, Pat Narduzzi spread a rumor, which I think, uh, you know, you just heard whatever at the water cooler. It's completely ridiculous he put it out there. But uh, I guess the joke here is Drake May didn't get purchased by another school, a bigger school, for like $5 million. Uh, North Carolina, one and a half, and they're actually playing in Charlotte, and it's South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, a big uh, experience edge for North Carolina here with 15 returning starters. South Carolina only has eight, so a little bit of an edge there. Uh, you know, crowd will be 50-50 for the most part. Uh, as far as it will be a true neutral site game, I, I just give a slight edge to you know Drake May. I think is better than uh, Spencer Rattler. So fair line. Uh, you know, one I didn't bet. What do you think of Notre Dame playing over uh, in Ireland, laying 19 and a half against Navy? I will be there uh, for wow. that one. So wow. uh, that's probably bad news for Notre Dame because the, the Irish. Uh, you, you watch trends. Here's one for you. Uh, Notre Dame is two and fifteen against the spread the last seventeen times I've seen them in person. So, uh, <laughs> go anchors away. Did you? Uh, that reminds me of the story. I don't know if you saw it. That uh, there was a fan that claimed they had the Mets had lost twenty eight straight games that they had attended. Oh wow! Uh, and Steve yeah. Cohen, Steve Cohen heard about it and brought them to the game, and they won apparently. So, uh, are you uh, are you going to be a guest of Notre Dame to have them try to turn it around for you? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I know people probably listen and think I'm joking, but I went through it last year. People, you know, Notre Dame was in town against – I'm a Notre Dame fan, obviously. And uh, they were in town for BYU, and I didn't go. And, and the reason was I started – I looked up, looked it up last year. I'm like, every time I go to a game, it's, it's arguably their worst performance of the season. So, I'm like, they need this win. So, I, I did. I looked it up 2-15 and 15 against the spread last 17 times. I mean, that's pathetic. Brad Powers is with us. 
Week one spreads are out for a handful of games. Yeah, college football closer than you think, and uh, Brad's going to be going on a stadium tour. By the way, I noticed the other day, would you eclipse 52,145 followers? Something like that. Uh, I'm getting there. I think I'm at like 52,100 something. I, I didn't okay. check. My, my goodness. I mean, you want to talk about stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, the reason I remember it is because you shouted out a certain stadium, so. I know, I know. I, I just try to be different on Twitter. Yes. Um, all right, some games that don't have spreads, but you said, hey, these are interesting games to keep an eye on. Uh, UTSA and Houston, and I also noticed your note. Here's another stocky note. I noticed your note on Dana Holgerson, who, like, pulled a – I won't even call it a switcheroo, but, I mean, clearly he does not care about the spring game and promoting the program. Didn't he cancel the spring game? Yeah, like two days in advance because of some possible rain. I mean, I, I, you're moving to the Big 12. I, I would think I'd try to fire up the fan base a little bit. Because Brad, Brad. Those and he, Big 12 you know, teams are going to yeah, travel well. To they Houston. are. Uh, so you're not going to have that much of a home field advantage. I, you know, I'll make a prediction. What we're seeing, maybe the last year for Dana Holderson in Houston. I don't expect them to have a winning record this year. They could very easily lose that opener against UTSA. I was, I was shouting over there because we actually had Holgerson in front of us when we went to a radio row at the Final Four, and that was one of the themes, like, you know, talking about the poor attendance. And he actually, he was being sarcastic, but I, th- I think I threw something at him along the lines like, hey, this must be really exciting for you to jump up to the Big 12. This is going to be a big deal. And he's like, well, almost like, will it? Like, we might be in some trouble. Like, he didn't say it outright. But I was like, okay, that's interesting sarcasm. And you're right. Go you, fault is it? Go recruit, man. I, I don't know. He's always complaining about something. He's a. I'll just say he's a. He's a weird guy. A different guy. Um, Fresno is going to be at Purdue. What do you think of that one? Yeah, I mean, obviously Fresno. The main question for them is, you know, how do you replace Jay Kaner? Uh, you know, they went in the transfer portal. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Purdue, I think, takes a major step back. They got a brand new coach, young guy, uh, defense coordinator from Illinois. Uh, very intriguing game. Look, I expect Purdue to be favored by three or four. But uh, a very winnable game for Fresno State to get a big win for the Mountain West. Yeah, they brought in uh, who Mikey Keene as a, a yeah. potential starter from Central Florida. Uh, Virginia is going to take on Tennessee in Nashville. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, are they playing at the Titan Stadium? Yeah, playing at Titan Stadium. Uh, Tennessee's going to be a significant favorite. Virginia, obviously not only the, what, what happened at the end of last season, the tragic you know, shooting uh, the, the off the field, they, you know, they ended their season after 10 games, but they lost a ton. I, I expect Tennessee to be about a 24-25 point favorite. Yeah. Coastal Carolina, this is one of those games you watch, you're like, whoa, maybe this was not a great scheduling move by UCLA. Yeah, I, I hear you in that regard, but I mean, I Coastal, uh, you know, has a new coach. It would be interesting to, to, to see what end. I'm not a fan of their new head coach. Uh, so I think they actually take a step back, even though they got the great news the quarterback's going to return. Uh, UCLA, I'd be intriguing. UCLA spring games got canceled. So I, I really wanted to see Dante Moore. They're, they're outstanding five star freshman. Word is he might be starter day one. So Ooh. do I really want to lay? You know, two touchdowns plus and a kid with his uh, first start, I'm not sure. So I hear you in that regard. Brad, appreciate it. I'm going to keep stalking on Twitter. It's a, it's a good Twitter follow. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm right back at you. I, you know, we're checking out the spring game on Saturday. Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. Five o'clock hours on the way. We're live at Silver Sevens. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Seven six six fourteen hundred is a call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Seven seven five in the north. Seven zero two down here in Vegas.